bear with us one sec. We have some video to get up and around. Okay. Great. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Let's uh, turn in our Bibles over to John chapter 9. In John 8, Jesus made this proclamation, I am the light of the world. And uh, Jesus, through the Gospels we know, taught a view of God that people did not have before He came. He really was showing a truth about the world we live in. And so I'd like us to just spend a little time. We're going to look through John chapter 9 today. And we're really going to let the, uh, this, uh, these video clips tell the story and just make a few, con- uh, a few uh, comments. But here's the thought. What keeps us from seeing the truth? Jesus is the light of the world, but what keeps us from seeing the truth? So we'll begin.
Okay. You know, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And he said also that my presence is like daylight for you. It's interesting, uh, the disciples and Jesus are walking together and they saw this blind guy. And the disciples had this question, well, who sinned, him or his parents? Now, do we ever think that way? You know, we, we all have a sense of right and wrong. Is that, is that correct, everyone here? Got a conscience? Right and wrong? But, you know, with that conscience is also a sense. If I do right, what do I expect? A good thing. Who expects a good thing? I mean, it doesn't always work, right? But, but you expect it. What about if you do something bad? That, you know, we have a sense that there isn't just good and bad, but we have a sense that good is rewarded and bad is punished. Well, see, that's only true in a very pure kind of way, to be honest. Because we live in a world that, in fact, is fallen. A world that is, justice isn't happening. If, every, if justice only happened in the world, that would be true. But there's a lot of injustice in the world. But if you take this idea that, well, a good action gets rewarded and a bad action gets punished, and you sort of paint that over the world in general, when a bad thing happens, the question kind of comes, hmm... Maybe they did something bad. And, or a good thing happens. See, we can look at it either way. But Jesus didn't see it the way the disciples did. Can you imagine how, how encouraging would it be to be the blind guy? You hear these people walking and they stop in front of you. You know, you're, you're begging, so you're sort of expecting something. But then you hear one guy say, Well, well Rabbi, who do you think sinned? This man or his parents? Would you be encouraged? No, not a very encouraging scenario. Well, then this guy spits. You know, you're blind. I mean, if I was a blind guy, I'd be kind of going, you know, I just somebody just spit. Like, what, what just happened? And then they start rubbing mud in my eyes. But for some reason, the blind guy had made a decision. He was going to trust. He was going to let what happened happen. And it's interesting because Jesus could have just healed this man without the process. Jesus, there was nothing magic or potent in Jesus' spit. You know, as far as we know, this is the only person he healed by spit. But what was happening was he wanted to engage the man in the healing process. He wanted to call the man to faith in response to his power. In the three healing miracles in John, every time Jesus asked the person he's healing to do something. Not that the doing of it earns a reward. But Jesus gives us the opportunity for faith. To go in faith. And so the man went to the pool to wash. He must have looked pretty silly. You know, walk, walking with the mud on his eye. But, you know, he, he followed what Jesus said and he came back seeing. Let's just watch the next clip. Again, think about why people have trouble seeing. Oops. His neighbors then, and the people who had seen him begging before this, asked, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? 
simply saw a blind guy begging. And uh, we don't even hear any compassion in their voice, just sort of a judgment. But Jesus looks at him and says, here's an amazing opportunity for God. Now, if you had a choice right then of talking to the disciples or talking to Jesus, who would like to talk to the disciples? Now, now isn't it Jesus that we want to hear? Don't we want to hear what Jesus has to say? And Jesus simply looked at him and said, God can do something amazing. You know, I don't know where you're at in your life today, but I know one thing. God can do something amazing in your life today. Right today. Because that's who God is. And we might think, man, things aren't working out the way I wanted. You know, I appreciate Roy sharing his story with us. You know, these, you know we, we know what that's like to make decisions without God and not be able to keep them. But now to decide with God, to obey God, things begin to change. But you know, the neighbors, they've known this guy his whole life. He's been blind his whole life. But there's still a question. Is that the blind man? Well, he looks like him. And the other guy, well, no, it is him. Well, let's ask him. You know, part of the problem in our blindness is we get used to things. We get into a habit or routine. And we think, well, you know, the Bible can't really help me. I've I've tried to read the Bible before. It can't help me. And because of that past experience, we don't dig further into the scriptures. We don't look further. Or maybe we've tried church somewhere and it just didn't work for us. But see, we can get our habits, our routines can keep us from seeing the truth. So even his neighbors, who'd known him his whole life, couldn't recognize him. Let's go a little further. Then they took to the Pharisees, the man who had been blind. The day that Jesus made the man and cured him of his blindness was a Sabbath. Okay, they're blind. Thanks, Derek. Uh, You know, the problem is their tradition. I mean, they should be rejoicing. How can you heal a blind guy? They should be thinking, how did this happen? Not, I can't believe a miracle happened on the Sabbath day. 
Our little extra rule book here says that can't happen that way. And so they're, they're, they're looking at a miracle, but instead they're thinking he must be some kind of sinner. You know, the Pharisees were very powerful and popular in the, in the time of Jesus. And they had written an extra code to interpret the law just to make sure. See, their code was actually stricter than the Bible. Now, anybody want a code stricter than the Bible? Okay, I think the Bible's got plenty of challenges. We don't need to make it any harder, okay? But the Pharisees had written down these, and their, their, these rules, and their idea was, if you followed our rules, then you'll even be further away from doing bad things. So to be honest, they actually made it harder to please God than even just following the Bible. That's pretty sad. But because they started to value those, those uh, traditions more than just what they could see with their own eyes, the power of God working in Jesus, they were blind. You know, the, the Pharisees said Jesus violated the Sabbath by putting mud on a blind man's eyes. I mean, the Old Testament is very specific about what it meant to violate the Sabbath. There's nothing in it about mud. There's nothing in it. You could spit on the Sabbath. You could make mud on the Sabbath. There, there was no rules in that line at all. And definitely there was no rules saying that you couldn't heal on the Sabbath. And yet, this was the very issue that they were taking. But you know, the, the blind man didn't have any problem. They said, who is he? And he goes, he's a prophet. If we could only just react that simply to God today. Instead of sort of doubting and wondering, if we could just look at what God has said, what God has done, and see the truth. Let's go a little further. The Jewish authorities, however, were not willing to believe that he had been blind and could now see until they called his parents. Is this your son? You said that he was born blind. How is it then that he can now see? We know that he is our son, and we know that he was born blind. But we don't know how it is that he is now able to see, nor do we know who cured him of his blindness. Ask him. He is old enough and he can answer for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities who had already agreed that anyone who said he believed that Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That is why his parents said, he is old enough, ask him. That's pretty sad, isn't it? I mean, it's a great day for the blind guy. He can see. But around him, some interesting things are happening. The, the religious leaders of his day, they're not excited about his healing. They should be, but they're not. And his own parents are kind of standing at arm's length because of what the community might do. See, the, it was the religious tradition of the Pharisees, but then it was just, the, what's everyone else going to say if we stand up for our son? And because of the peer pressure, they were blind to the truth. Let's just go a little further.
second time. They called back the man who had been born blind. Promise before God that you will tell the truth. We know that this man who cured you is a sinner. I do not know if he is a sinner or not. One thing I do know. I was blind. And now I see. What did he do to you? How did he cure you of your blindness? I have already told you and he would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Maybe you too would like to be his disciple. They insulted him and said, You are that fellow's disciple. But we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for that fellow, however, we do not even know where he comes from. What a strange thing that is. You do not know where he comes from, but he cured me of my blindness. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He does listen to people who respect him and do what he wants them to do. Since the beginning of the world, nobody has ever heard of anyone getting sight to a person born blind. Unless this man came from God, he would not be able to do a thing. the Pharisee had right, he was trying to teach them. Uh, he wasn't succeeding. Now it's interesting though that the Pharisees wouldn't budge because of their pride. You know, when it comes to seeing the truth, our pride can stand in the way. Uh, Moses lived 1,400 years earlier. So, he, I mean, he's been dead and gone a long time. And these men are looking at him and, and the miracle, and they're saying, we don't know about Jesus, but we know about Moses. We're his disciples. But they never had met Moses. They'd never seen Moses. They just had simply the book of the law and the traditions of their people. And there was Jesus in the flesh. Because although the story's about the blind man, the story's really about Jesus. Do we see the truth the way that Jesus wants us to? You know, it's interesting, uh, despite his life of blindness, the blind man had learned a few things. You know, the scriptures say, uh, if I cherish sin in my heart, this is in Psalm 66, the Lord would not have listened, but God surely listened and heard my voice in prayer. And then it says also in Proverbs, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. So the blind man had a little bit of understanding. And yet he was just speaking the truth, but faced that full opposition. But one thing is clear about the Pharisees, they considered themselves superior to everyone else. You know, if we consider ourselves superior, we're not going to see the truth. We're not going to understand God's plan. And so we need to be open to simply what the Bible's saying. What is true? We need to be careful not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Let's just close by looking at the last clip.
heard what had happened. He found the man. Do you believe in the Son of Man? Tell me who he is, sir, so that I can believe in him. You have already seen him. He is the one who is talking with you now. I believe, Lord. And he knelt down before Jesus. I came to this world to judge, so that the blind should see, and those who see should become blind. Some Pharisees who were there with him heard him say this and asked him, Surely you don't mean that we are blind. If you were blind, then you would not be guilty. But since you claim that you can see, this means that you are still guilty. Okay. You know, faith in Jesus is what, what means spiritual sight. And they were still wondering, they're still focused on themselves, and so they couldn't see the truth. In this story, something amazing happened. A man born blind can see. You know, as, as big as that miracle is, God has a greater miracle for each one of us. The miracle of Him coming and living His Spirit in us, each one of us, indwelling us. The miracle of having our sins forgiven. The miracle of having the hope of heaven. All these things are amazing. And only God can give them to us. But let's ask ourselves, what stands in the way of believing even more? What stands in my way? I think for me personally, the biggest one is, is routine and religious tradition. Because after a while, after being a disciple for a few years, you get used to a pattern. And what used to be a sacrifice, say, to get up and pray, becomes a routine. And it's a good habit. It's better than bad habits I had before. But if it's just a habit, if it's not engaging God, then it's not doing what God desires it to do. You know, being a Christian, being committed to the church, giving our money, uh, committed to the relationships in the church, these things can become routine. We can become comfortable in them rather than really seeking the truth and helping each other see God more clearly. You know, Jesus came so we could see. So we could see the truth about this world and the truth of His love for us and the power that He has to work in our lives. Let's pray together as the worship team comes and takes their place. Our Father in God, we thank You that we can uh, just open up the Bible and, Father, thank You for even this video production so that we can visualize just the story of the healing of the man born blind. And I pray, Father, that we can just really take it to heart. That when you look at us, you see our weakness, you see our feelings, but you also see the potential that we have being made in your image, and you see the difference your power can make in our lives. Father, we thank you for the grace that's offered us through Jesus Christ, for the offer of forgiveness that's ongoing, that, that, that covers us each day. Father, we thank you for that. And I pray that we never become just used to this idea that we've been saved. But Father, I pray that we really do see it as a blessing, as, an, as a miracle. 
Father, thank you that we can now see the truth. But Father, I know all of us need to see the truth even more. That Father, we need to seek you even more. To understand you even more. Father, I pray for those that are with us today visiting. I pray that their hearts can be open to make a decision to seek you with all their hearts. Father, I thank you for this story. And thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the difference that he made in the life of this man born blind. And thank you for the difference that he makes in our lives. We pray all this in his name. Amen. Amen.